The next episode of Anansaib elaborates on the idea of the two ways of living, the healthy and the unhealthy way of living. One which is living with wisdom and without wisdom. And what would our life be like if we prioritize the Guru's wisdom above all else? Verse 21 begins with, If a disciple turns toward the Guru, the disciple turns toward by keeping the Guru close within. In their hearts they meditate on the Guru's feet and cherish it in their soul. Abandoning themselves, they are always faithful and know none other than the Guru. Says Nanak, listen saints, such is the disciple who turns toward. You know, in my life there are so many times when I question whether I'm really following the Guru's wisdom, whether I'm doing all that I need to do, whether I am acting in the right way, and whether I'm living up to the high standard that the Guru has set for me. And when I think about it, there are a lot of times where I feel that I have fallen short. I don't live up to the mentality, the way of thinking, the way the wisdom expects of me. And in this verse, the Guru is reminding us what is that ultimate characteristic that we need to live up to in order to have this greatest way of living. And Guru starts by saying, Jeko sik Guru Seti Sanmukhove. If a disciple turns toward the Guru, Hoveta Sanmuk Sik Koi Jiho Rahe Gurnale. The disciple turns toward by keeping the Guru close within. And this is really the definition of what it means to really be a follower of this Guru. There are so many people out there who would call themselves a Sikh, almost as though it's a badge of honor, almost as though it's something that you have to have, a title that you have to have, a religion or a community that you have to belong to. But in reality, the word Sikh literally means student, a disciple, a follower. If you are a follower, a student of a particular type of wisdom, then you must be practicing, you must be learning, you must be constantly engaging with the school of thought, with that wisdom. And the Guru is saying that those people who are Sanmuk, they are very close to the teacher. You can almost think of Sanmuk as the best student. And this is a new terminology now, but it's, it's, it's picking up on, 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 on terminology that we're quite familiar with within Gurbani, which is Gurmuk, Guru facing, the one who faces the enlightenment, the one who is following the enlightenment wisdom. Sanmuk is, is just another variation of that, but it means the one who is very close to following the wisdom in, in, in the best way. And how do you become Sanmuk? Sanmuk literally means that you are facing towards, you are turning your face towards the Guru. And you are, in order to do that, you are facing away from the world. You're turning away, you're turning your back to seeing the world as the ultimate source of pleasure. And you are turning inwards, you are turning into your deepest core of who you are. And that's what it means to go inwards. The Guru is someone who is directing you back to your core. The Guru is showing you a lifestyle that allows you to recognize 
who you really are. And the Guru di directs us inwards and then shows us, acts as a guide to the inner landscape. I like to think of Guru as almost a GPS system, a navigation system that shows you your inner landscape and shows you how your mind functions, how you think, how your thoughts lead you down the wrong path. And the Guru is really always trying to highlight to all human beings saying, we are doing something wrong. We are looking at life in the wrong way. We're heading in the wrong direction because every man, woman and child that has ever been born was born trying to head into the direction of happiness. Every single one of us is, is built in with a navigation system that says, I want to go home. My home is peace and happiness. Every single human being knows that they're looking for happiness. And the Guru is saying, I will show you how to find that. That happiness doesn't come from the outside. It comes from going deep within yourself. The Guru is showing us that our true destination as human beings is to find peace and bliss. And how do we do this? Jiyo rahe gurunale, by keeping the Guru close within us, deep within our heart. In the last verse, we read about Jiho Nirmal, those who are clean on the inside, those who are pure on the inside, those who are unstained on the inside. And here we're talking about those who are Jiho Rahe Gurnali. They stay close, inwardly close to the wisdom. They're always trying to go back to their inner space. But how do we do this? The Guru explains in the next line, Gurke Charan Antar In their hearts they meditate on the Guru's feet and cherish it within their soul. There's a really interesting concept that's that's been introduced here, which is the idea of Charan, the Guru's feet. And it actually picks up from something that is very prevalent in Indian tradition, which is to bow down and to touch the feet of anyone who you feel is higher than you, superior to you, greater, wiser, more intelligent than you, even those who are older in you and have more life experience. The young ones, the students, are always expected to bow themselves and to touch with their hands or with their head the feet of that which is more than them, greater than them. And the symbolism behind it is really interesting because what you're doing is you are saying that I'm taking the most important part of me, the highest part of me, which is my head, and I'm placing it at the lowest part of you. And it's really an act of humility, an act of saying that I surrender. Any idea of greatness that I have is completely abolished when I'm in front of someone who is much greater than me. So that's what it means to bow down. And here the Guru is saying, keep the Guru's charan within your hirda. It's keeping the Guru's feet within your heart. Well, what does that mean? Anything that's to do with the heart is to do with deep love, with reverence, with devotion, with respect. And what the Guru is saying is keep the Guru's feet within your heart. Well, what does that mean? Well, the Guru's feet is, if we understand the Guru as being the teacher of enlightenment, then the feet is the te teachings itself. How do we keep the teachings close to our heart? And by having this idea of the heart, you, you start to then question yourself, well, 
am I in love with this? And we really need to understand this idea of love and we need to question ourselves, what do you love more than anything? And most of us, if we reflect on it, will realize that the thing that I love more than anything else, the thing that I cherish more than anything else is me. I love myself. I want to protect myself and look after myself and the, the look, try and get the benefits for myself before anything else. And you have to ask yourself this question, have you ever loved anything more than you've loved yourself? And for most human beings, we have to admit no. We always prioritize ourselves. Even if we prioritize someone else, it's to make ourselves feel better. And I almost feel like, to some extent, we've spent our whole lives living with ourselves as the highest priority, that even when we go on a spiritual path, that spirituality is also just another way to make ourselves feel better. I think that nowadays people use the wisdom and the techniques of meditation and mindfulness and yoga and all these things as almost a spa treatment. When I feel a little bit stressed, I just go and use those as a spa treatment. And that's really not what the wisdom was about. The wisdom is about going within yourself, going so deep within yourself to reveal something that you didn't know about yourself. And so this is really what the meaning of this word sanamuk is, is to treat this wisdom as the highest priority, even higher than yourselves, even higher than your own hopes and wants and dreams and personal desires. You treat this wisdom, and by wisdom what we mean is the thing that can reveal the deepest core of what it means to be alive, the deepest core of what life is, which you have access to, which is inside every single one of us, to prioritize that more than anything else is what it means to be a sunmuk. And an example that I think that works really well to try and understand this is think about a mother's love for a newborn child. Think about how cherished that newborn is that the mother loves that child so much so that nothing else matters. Another example we can think of is the way a loyal dog follows its master. You know, wherever the master goes, the dog is always following. Whenever the, the master goes away, the dog is sad and lonely, looking out the window, waiting for the master to come back. That sense of loyalty and love is being used as examples throughout Gurbani. In fact, Guru Tegh Bahadurji, the ninth Guru, even uses the example of, of the dog and says, Swami ko grehe jyo sada swan tajat nahi nit, nanak ehibid har pajo ik man hoi ik jit. A dog never abandons his master's home. O nanak, in this way, meditate on the divine with single-minded awareness. So the Guru is talking about making this wisdom so precious and making it such a high priority in your life that antar atma samale, that you cherish it within your soul. Because remember in the last verse, we heard about this jewel of life, this janam ratan. Well, how do you make something so precious in your life? How do you find it? Only if you've seen it, if you've tasted it, if you've discovered it, that it's already within me, at the very core of who I am. The Guru uses this word, Atma, at your very soul level. And by the soul, we mean who you were before you inherited this body 
before you inherited this mind, before you were born into this world, who were you at that point? Keep the Guru at, at that core level. And, and the Guru is touching you at the soul level in order for you to then go back to that. In order for you to go back to your soul, the Guru has to go so deep into who you are. And the question that some of us will be thinking is, well, how do I get there? How do I transform my identity that I understand of myself, which is this body and this mind and this world that I live in? How do I now understand myself as a soul? How do I even find my soul, let alone keep something there? I don't even know how to connect with it. And the Guru explains in the next line, Aap chad sada rahe parne gurbin avarna jane koi. Abandoning themselves, they are always faithful and know none other than the Guru. So this idea has come up again now about Aap chad, let go of yourself. Be so loyal to letting go of yourself. Be so faithful to enlightenment. Recognize the delusion that you have lived with your whole life. That's what the Sanmukha is doing. They are recognizing that we lived a life thinking that the I am is the cause of bliss. And now we realize that the Guru, the wisdom, the truth of oneness is what really brings bliss in our life. That is the only true bliss. That is what it means to be Guru facing, to face enlightenment, to face the bliss, to face the ocean when you thought you were the wave. So the Guru is trying to constantly change our thinking away from me thinking into you thinking. And a practical step that the Guru gives us is to actually use our mouths, to actually say with our mouths words on a daily basis, on a moment by moment basis within our mind, within our thoughts, within our mouths, within our hearts. This is all you. This is you. These hands are you. This body is you. These eyes are you and that which is being seen is you. So repeat, this is you, this is you, so much so that you begin to see the oneness everywhere and you begin to see yourself as the oneness itself. Meditate on Nam. Prioritize this divine perspective. And when you start to do that, what this technique does of reciting Nam, of reciting this is you, this is you, this is you, Hare Hari, Hari Hari, Guru Guru, all of these different mantras, whatever mantra you choose, make that your understanding that what this is doing is that it's peeling away the layers of myself, almost like peeling the layers of an onion. Every time you chant this, every time you do this, the layers of the onion become lighter, revealed, cut away to reveal the diamond that is inside you, to reveal the jewel of life that is. And you begin to understand and reveal your true identity. The wave needs to practice no longer being the wave. The wave needs to practice understanding itself as the ocean. It spent too long of its time thinking it was the wave. Its mind has been conditioned in one way for its whole life. And that is the cause of all of the problems. And you don't fix your problems by solving everything on the outside. You fix the problems by fixing the one who has the problem, which is the me, the I am. And the Guru is saying, Aap chad, the ones who abandon themselves and remain forever loyal, 
faithful to this wisdom. Gurbin avarnajane koi. They don't know anything else except enlightenment. They don't know anything else except the truth of oneness itself. And this isn't easy. This isn't something that's going to happen to you overnight. It's because we've spent a lifetime of building bridges and attachments with ourselves. And these attachments have become so strong. And so even if we wanted to go down this spiritual path, even if we wanted to take on this meditative way of thinking, our minds don't want us to do it. And so we have to now start thinking, are we really ready? Or do we love ourselves too much that we want to just protect ourselves? We want to have the spirituality in our life that just adds on as a bolt-on, like an additional bonus that we get. We have a comfortable life and we have a nice car and we have a nice job and money and family. Well, let me just add on another thing. And that's what I think a lot of people are doing with spirituality, with spiritual wisdom and practices, is they're using it as a way to add something more to their life. And the Guru is saying, no, you have to let go of all these things. You have to let go of everything. And that's when real spirituality will come from within because it's already there within you, but you need this external wisdom, this teacher on the outside to lead you back to this inner space that you're in. You have to ask yourself this question. Are you ready to let the Guru in? Let the Guru into your mind, let the Guru into your body, let the Guru into your soul. And realize that none of this was yours to begin with. This isn't your mind. This isn't your body. This isn't even your soul. It all belongs to this oneness. And when you begin to start understanding that I don't have to see this as a threat. I don't have to see this as something that's a huge disruption to my life. You start seeing this as a way of truly living, living true bliss, true happiness. Because we are ultimately all tenants. We're all renting this body-mind. Make yourself a tenant. Understand yourself as someone who is renting from the landlord of life. Begin to understand that you have been living here rent-free all this time. The only payments that you should now start making is being aware of it. If you're living rent-free, the least that you can do is be aware that you are in the ocean of life. And Guru ends by saying, Listen, saints, says Nanak, such is the disciple who turns inward. This is what it means to be a Gurmukh. This is what it means to be a Sikh, to be a disciple, a student of this wisdom of bliss. Answer the following questions either by writing them down or discussing them in a group. Describe your understanding of the inner journey. How can you bring the Guru closer to your heart? What would life be like if divinity was your highest priority? Hi, this is Sapal Singh. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you're enjoying our podcast. If you'd like to help us create more spiritual content, then head over to our website nanaknam.org forward slash donate and think about setting up a regular monthly donation. We're a 100% non-profit organization, so all your donations go directly into the charity and help us to create and share 
Gurmat Spiritual Wisdom. With your support, we're taking Gurmat Global.